This is a message that is very close and personal to me. I really pray that God would use these words to enrich you and to bless you and to encourage you to have a stronger faith. Let me pray one more time <laughs> to, uh, to start off because uh, I, just, I just need a little bit of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here and to, uh, to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be your child, to have a father that is so wonderful to us, Lord God. And I pray that you would allow us to experience that, to experience the richness of your love that you have for us, Lord God, and that we would experience this not in a second-hand or in a third-hand fashion, not through someone else's testimony or stories, Lord God, but to have that experience uh, with you personally. And I pray that you would make this message, Lord God, uh, be alive in each one of our hearts and encourage us to step forward and to receive your love, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, and I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Vietnamese tradition, there is a, a saying. It's, it talks about the contributions of the Father, uh, the work of the Father for you, but it talks a lot about the emotions of the mom, the, the caring, the nurturing, the affections that is poured upon you from the mother. And so there is a play upon those two aspects today in the title, and it talks about the heart, the emotions, the feeling, and the caring, the nurturing of the father. So I wanted to be able to focus on that particular aspect of God and to be able to bring this message to you in a way that I hope would bring to life uh, what I would like for you to experience, something that I experienced quite recently, and I want to be able to bring that same experience to you. Let me start with Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So this is a very brief message. It's only one page long. Please do not sleep. I encourage you, I implore you to have a spiritual caffeine at this point and not to, you know, doze away. I, in the past, have encouraged people to fall asleep because I know a lot of people lack sleep, so I encourage you to sleep. But to, in this particular instance, I would welcome you not to sleep. Let me begin with the idea of Christianity. I want to begin with the life of a Christian. What does it mean? So what is a Christian life supposed to encompass? Here before us is four individuals who are about to be baptized to become Christian. So what does it mean? Oh, five. I miscount. Oh, there's one more. All right. What is the meaning of the word Christian? And what does it entail? What is it supposed to be? And it encompasses in a very short sentiment. And that sentiment is this. One it's a sure of peace. I want to be able to bring the conclusion to the very beginning. Should you drift off asleep, you still get the message. So a Christian life is supposed to be full of peace. So I want to be able to share with you the very beginning, the introduction into the set of messages that are, are going to be presented to the church over the next perhaps maybe a year or two years. And that particular subject is the Sermon on the Mount. It encompasses the entire mentality, the spiritual understanding of who we are supposed to be is encompasses within these very short phrases. Over the past three months, I have shared with you various different aspects of Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I have shared with you that you belong to God. No, we do not have any more fear. He knows you by name. God knows everything about you. He knows all of your wickedness, your bad deeds, your whatever it is. He knows it all, and yet he chooses to love you anyways. You are precious and honor in my sight, and because I love you, even though we are bad, even though we're not perfect, God chose to love you. He chose to love you regardless of what you are. 
I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and remember your sin no more. We have that basic understanding that God chose you. He knows you. He loves you. He sees that you are precious in his sight. He chose to wipe out all of your transgressions, all your bad deeds. He loves you regardless of who you are. That is the basic understanding of what a Christian needs to know. Every year in May and June, we have sort of like this period where you have graduations, it's the end of the school year, summer is about to begin, you have Mother's Day and Father's Day. So what does it really mean? So in the old day when they're doing harvesting, this is the period of time, spring is where they put down the seed into the ground, they, they start the, the growing season. Summer is where they just sit around and wait. It really falls when they harvest. So this is the period of time where everybody sits around and look at the seeds that you have planted. You look at the plants and you're like, I wonder if there's something else I could have done. I wonder if I should have planted in the other areas. You really wonder how your plants are going to turn out. This is the period where most of us Christians are. We have been planted with a seed in our hearts. That is Christianity. And this is the season of the summer where we look and we reflect and to see whether or not those seeds are going to be fruitful or not. We look to see whether or not we have had a good seed planted in our heart. This is a moment where you sit down and you think, am I going to be successful? Are we going to be a successful Christians? Are we going to be a fruitful Christian? This is the moment where we sit down and we think about that aspect. This is summer. Our entire life will be summer because we won't know until we die. So this is a moment where we really think about what kind of a seed has been planted into our hearts. I'm very moved, I'm very encouraged when I go to these graduations. What I see, and it really encourages me, is this. The dads, they have these huge camera, or huge lens, and these ginormous tripods. And every time their children are about to walk up on the stage, they planted that tripod down, pushes everybody out of the way, planted the camera down, and start shooting like a machine gun. It's like, Burr! to be able to capture that moment, to be able to capture you in that moment, it doesn't matter if you have just failed out of your classes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you rank 100 out of 100. And it really encourages me in a way that I cannot describe. It really gives me a strong sentiment of what a dad really is. It's really hard for a father to be able to express these sentiments of love, caring, affection like, uh, like a mom. When I see this, when I see this, I'm really encouraged. When I see the videos that has just been shown, I'm really encouraged. If someone were to ask you today to describe your relationship with your Heavenly Father, what would those words of description be? I want to be very careful about this because I want it to be a reflection. Like again, I said, May and June are a month of reflection. May and June is a month where you sit down and you really reflect upon what has been planted in your life, in your heart. It speaks volumes about what you believe and what you don't believe. Now, I want to talk about this word repentance because, you know, I talk about it. So let's talk about it. Repentance. Now, everybody understands repentance is saying, I'm sorry. When we talk about repentance, most of the time we say, okay, we are apologizing to God for doing something bad. But... In the root word, in Greek, this word metanoio or metanoia means to turn. Turn. How do we turn? This turning 
takes on this meaning, to change one's mind for the better. To repent is to turn your mind so that it becomes better. Okay. Do we have any example? The first example is Paul. When Paul was touched by God, he was blind. And then he changed completely. He no longer lived the way that he lived. He no longer thought the way that he thought. He no longer persecuted Christians the way that he used to. It's a very general description. I encourage you to go home and find out a little bit more about Paul. The second example is Peter. Peter, when Jesus asked, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus never demanded from Peter that, you know, you get down on your knee and beg for forgiveness. He never said anything. He asked whether or not Peter loved him. This is the quintessential difference between true repentance and the lack of repentance. We know this because there are a lot of times young children, they will say sorry to each other because the parents force them to. So we know that when, when little kids, they say sorry, they don't know what they're saying. They just simply just want it to go away, the problem to go away. It is not really repentance. It's really it's just an act to get that thing go, to go away. And again, we will, we will explore more of this topic in the days to come in, when we talk about Sermon on the Mount. I want to move to a letter that a father wrote. I want to move to a short part of a letter that a father wrote. And I just want to share this with you. And it begins like this. I've been planning to do many things. One thing seemed most important to me at this point. Seven days ago, I was given a gift. It was a heart-shaped dark box with a positive pregnancy test in it. Many thoughts streamed through my mind, mostly positive thoughts. The long search for the best doctor ensued with spreadsheet and auto rankings then the search for the best doctors and the best route to get to those locations in case of emergency. Details are not important. What is important is you, my child. Your mom experienced some abdominal pain last night. She thought that it was due to the milk that she had drank. She had been very careful in what she ate and all of her activities are restricted to make sure that you are well and healthy. This morning, she did another test and it appeared to be negative. She then experienced abdominal pain again and was bleeding. She is afraid that she had lost you. She is sad. I am trying to stay positive, trying to understand what can happen in these situations. You are my source of hope, dreams, and happiness. Not that you have became my idol, but that you are Isaac the promised child, a gift from God. I will myself to write this letter to speak faith to my soul, to believe in the work that God is doing. As I write this, a sermon on the radio speak of God in Isaiah 43. God knows you, God knows your name, He has a plan. I cannot wait to see you and to tell you and to show you everything. This is a letter, perhaps it's a goodbye letter, that a father wrote 
to his unborn child. And it speaks of this love that existed before this child was even a month old. It speaks about a, an affection, a love that isn't from this child doing anything at all. It is not because the child has done anything that allows the dad to love him. It is the absence of all things that that child could have done because he or she didn't make it. When the seed of Christianity has been planted in your heart, the thing that God hopes for is for it, for that seed, to be born, to be fruitful, to succeed. One of the people in the video had mentioned, what would you give your dad? And he said, the thing that I want to give my dad is to assure him that I will be okay. I will be okay. I would like to emphasize this before our baptism today and in conclusion, is that God wants you to succeed, each and every one of us. Not to be stillborn, but to really be born and to be successful and to multiply. God wants the seed to grow and to mature and to succeed. So let us pray that as the seed of Christianity is planted in our hearts, that we have the reassurance, the peace, that God controls everything and that we are not going to be stillborn in faith. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would come to us, Lord God, and that you would reach out to our hearts and allow us to trust in you and to believe in you and to place all of our trust and hope and desire and everything that we have, Lord God, in your hands. And that you have complete control over our lives and that you want us to succeed. You want this plant, the seed, Lord God, to grow into a tree that will be fruitful and that we would be successful for you, Lord God, to make you proud, Father. The one who has all the hopes and dreams in our lives, Lord God. That you have not planned for us to, to crumble and die, Lord God. To be under the weight of iniquities, Lord God. But to have the peace and the reassurance that you know all there is to know about us. And that you have set us on a path to be successful. I thank you, Lord, and I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.